emergency uh, recording of this podcast because we have college football starting tonight. We're recording this on Thursday at lunch. Arizona State plays tonight. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all the games on the Pac-12 slate and get to know these teams. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Well, you work all week on trying to identify who the eligible receivers are. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, which there is none, uh, pick next week's games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So for this one, as, as all seasons, I'm woefully unprepared to consume college football this season. So as we're going through these games, uh, and virtually everybody plays, it looks like, right? Uh, I would like to figure out who is the quarterback for each of these teams. <laughs> You know what I mean? Only the Pac-12 teams really matter, to be fair. Yeah, not, oh, yeah. I don't I'm care, I don't care about Northern Arizona. For the other teams. But, yes, for the Pac-12 schools, it does make some sense to check out who's playing, who's going to take the snap on every uh, every play. At, yeah, at least. Sorry. So we'll start off uh, in Tempe. Arizona State hosts Northern Arizona uh, on a Thursday night game. Um, the line is Arizona State minus 24 and a half. Uh now, the kind of general vibe around Arizona State is that there was some, like, pandemic recruiting violation impropriety or something like that, and things are moving around. They're 24.5-point favorites, as I said. I've Without knowing anything about either of these teams, I like Arizona State. Minus 24.5. That's a big number. Um, that over-under is, like, seems lowish. I'm going to read you some names. Trenton Bourget? Bour- Bourget? Bourget, I would say, it's probably French pronunciation. Yeah. Finn Collins, uh, Emery Jones. Yeah. Dalen McLemore, uh, Bennett Meredith, and Paul Tyson. Those are your quarterback options. Um, wait, wait, wait. But they had one that was okay. What happened? Did he graduate or leave? I think Jaden McDaniels. That sounds I right. I think he might be at LSU. Hmm. Not You're saving hundreds with the home of the from progressive, but there's no saving ad. that casserole. Get rid of that. Yeah. He's... Yeah, I, I think he's gone. They were possibly expecting their notice of violation, you know, or like allegations from the NCAA prior to the season starting. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Rumor on the street is that might be damaging <laughs> to Herm Edwards, who's already fairly damaged in his role as head coach. Um, and so there, as with all Pac-12 teams, there's going to be a learning curve for us this year as we absorb a large number of transfers and then, uh, corresponding new starters. So yeah, it's, um, there's a number of quarterbacks on this roster. I don't know any of them. Couldn't tell you who's, who's starting this game. Ooh, man, that makes that a pretty dicey number. I'm still going to stick with Arizona State, though. Probably a mistake. I'm going to take Northern Arizona. They beat Arizona last year, which you think about it, man, that's – I mean, Arizona's much improved this year. I think Jed Fish did a good job last year, but, man, that's a rough way to start out the year. Uh, so, Northern Arizona, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know they're going to win this game, but I think they're going to get inside 24 and a half. All right. So, let's go to Friday. We've got at Folsom Field, Colorado is hosting TCU – um, remember, like, for a second, right when Carl Durrell started, we were like, wait a second, this guy's figured something out, and then they just turned out to stay bad. Yep, I um, do remember that. Do we know who – so, a TCU are favored by 13 and a half. Uh, I'll take the Horn Frogs in this one. 
Yeah, they are pretty favored, uh, pretty definitively favored in this game. We are approaching 0 for 2 here and being able to figure out who the actual starting quarterback for the Pac-12 team is, as we had promised. Yes. Uh, Gamecast does not help me. Um, man, that is a, that is a shame. Um, let's see if we can get to a roundabout way, get to this information by checking the roster. Now, and, it's, it's terrible. They've got 20 quarterbacks, and how can you – some of them don't have numbers, which I would say – argues against that they're going to be the one to play from a wow they got some good names i was going to try and pick one based on my favorite name but you've got a, a jt shrout you've i got like a, it. we got to go with the ones that have pictures too picture Maddox and number pop so prez so prez juarez which is definitely my favorite name by far by far my favorite name we can't go with him because he doesn't have a picture yeah yeah brendan lewis seems like a good bet Maddox Cop is a very strong name. Yeah, for as is JT Shrout. Actually, kind of. I prefer Maddox Cop though. A lot yeah, of hard consonants in there. Yeah, yeah. It's um. Anyway. So uh, anywho, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with uh, the TCU uh, as well. I, I remember Carl's uh, teams last year, and they were bad. So let's assume that's probably going to be the case. They are still uh, suffering in Colorado from a, a fairly uh, they have a deficit in uh, in uh, facilities and funding that I think is going to hold them back um, as this new world of NIL uh, expands so I'm not I'm not picking Colorado to uh, to do much I do think TCU's got a new coach right they've got the Sonny Dykes now um, that guy I like a guy like that he's just always kind of bouncing around he's just yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree is somebody, somebody signing him uh, from five days ago, Darrell decides Buff won't announce starting QB. So and nobody it, knows. And it They're appears even... to be between Brendan Lewis or JT Shroud. Yeah, Brendan Lewis was the guy when I, you know, he just, that just sounds like a starting quarterback's name. I like me. it. It's not my it's not my favorite name, but it sounds like a quarterback to me. Well, you'd hope one of them knows, considering they play tomorrow. Um, but yeah, so wait, uh, TCU, who did, who did you have in that one? TCU. Well. All right, good pick. Uh, Saturday. Uh, 11.30 a.m. kick in Pasadena. Uh, must It can't be for TV purposes because it's on Pac-12 Network. UCLA is hosting Bowling Green. Uh, UCLA are 23.5 point favorites in the game. Uh, yeah, I'll take the Bruins. Yeah, now or never, I'd say, for our man Chip Kelly, who got like a, a decent extension in the offseason, but it's actually kind of like a two-year kind of a – parse it out it's not it's not quite the uh vote of confidence that you might think and uh ucla headed into their new conference the big 10 i think need to start you know doing something other than just being in la to prove that they're going to be competitive uh so let's see if uh chip kelly can get it figured out this year let's see if they can beat uh bowling green by 24 points on saturday hmm. so probably dorian thompson robinson oh for sure <laughs> they got ethan garbers hanging out Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with uh, I'm gonna stick with uh, our, our guy Doran. Yeah. Well, DTR. Um, next up, oh, this is like probably probably game of the week, right? We've got Oregon playing Georgia at the Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. I've got I've got a, a game that I like better than this, but this is definitely one of the two marquee games. You got Georgia, 17 point favorites in what is effectively a home game for them. Yeah. Um, and you've got. 
Uh, the storyline obviously is Dan Lanning, the 35, maybe he's 36 now, um, year old um, defensive coordinator from Georgia last year, first time head coach for Oregon going down there. Nominal yeah. defensive coordinator under Kirby Smart. Yeah. How much was he actually calling? Who knows? Yeah, so uh, the uh, we've got Georgia favored heavily in the game by 17 points. And let's say who is starting for Oregon and starting at quarterback? They aren't. They aren't saying either. But it's it's presumed to be Bo Nix, the former Auburn. Oh yeah, a lot of SEC experience that Bo Nix. Um, I'm I'm gonna take Oregon to cover this. He was a real game to game quarterback. You know what I mean? Like some days he had it, some days he didn't. Um, yeah. Who are you taking on this? Oregon to cover 17 points. I think you're out of line. I think uh, I'll take Georgia. I'll lay the 17. like it. Okay. All right. Uh, next up on CBS, what a game in the middle of the day. Arizona and San Diego State. Uh, San Diego State is favored by six and a half points. Um, we've got Judd Fish. Are they starting the guy from WSU? Jaden Delora, probably. Uh, this Interesting, this is a road game for Arizona. Um playing at SDSU. Um, so, yes, I believe Jane Delora will be the, the starter. Um, yep. I'm, t- I'm taking uh, San Diego State in this one. They're a good squad. I think they there's a lot of noise around them potentially joining the Pac-12 in the, uh, in the coming years uh, as a way of trying to keep the conference together. And so uh, they're going to want to jump up and get uh, what is a, a, a better probably but still not very good Arizona team. Uh, when I searched who is Arizona's starting quarterback, it, it said people also ask, who does Khalil Tate play for? And the answer is the Toronto Argonauts. Not even college football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all, we all remember the five-game run where Khalil Tate was the most unplayable person in all of college football. Yeah, the best player in the world for yeah. about a month. Yeah, what a month, dude. You know, all, you know, God bless him, man. Everybody should be so lucky as they have that time in their life. Uh, next up. Um, wait, did I make a pick in that game? You did not. I want San Diego State. Okay. Uh, next up, UC Davis in California. No line. Freebie. Cal. Bears. The Cal Bears. I don't know. Do you have a line in that one? I don't. Who? Jack Plummer. Jake Plummer's son? Is that? Is that right? It seems like it could be. I mean, uh, roughly the timeline works, you know? It's, yeah, it's so tough to say. Um, you know, because like every, you know, he also Jake Plummer might have a kid that's like forty years old. Who knows, dude? I doubt that, but yeah, we'll we'll, we'll just assume, and then we'll be surprised by that. Yeah, I mean that's, that's pretty good. We at least know who it is. A lot of these we just have no clue, and yeah. we're presumably getting a free win here for Cal. Yeah, I would hope so. so we take that all day. Uh, Rice going to USC. Uh, Pac-12 Network's really milking these L.A. schools. They're taking both of them back-to-back on Saturday. 
<laughs> use them while you got them, I guess. What a waste of time. USC, 32 and a half point favorites. I, I'm going to take USC to win, you know, 60 to 14 or whatever and cover this. Um, but, and so Keaton Slovis has transferred to Pitt and Lincoln Riley brought in his own guy, Caleb Williams from Oklahoma, who everybody, from what little I've uh, consumed regarding college football, people are high on. Yes. So we like our Caleb Williams. Who was the other USC quarterback last year? Not not Slovis. Oh, God. It was like, this sounds crazy to me as I'm about to say it, but I think it might be right. It was like Jackson Dart or something. Yeah, I want to say, so the backyard brawl um, is being played again this year for the first time in a minute. Um, so that's Pitt, West Virginia, right? And they, they took a break. And I think, like, Slovis is at one of the schools and then another USC Jackson transfer. Dart is at Ole Miss. Okay, so it's not Dart. Um, Did they have another one? Yeah, I think so. Been too many quarterbacks. Yeah, you know. Let me see. I'm looking through it here, but I'm not seeing. Uh, I'll figure it out after later in the pod. I believe, anyways, the backyard brawl, which should be a good game this year, is set to resume, and it's a it's a couple of former USC guys, of which Keon Slovis is one of them. Um, but not this year. What are you taking USC in this one or Rice? Uh, USC. Got it. Okay. Here's my game of the week. I like this game a lot. Yes. You Is it Utah and Florida? Florida, the home team hosting Utah. Utah, three-point favorites in this game. Now, doesn't this – I mean, this seems like I would take Utah here pretty comfortably. I mean, I think anytime a team gets on a plane and flies as far as Utah has to fly for a game, that it calls into question, you know, certain aspects of, you know, picking that team to win, unless it's like a, a big talent mismatch. Yeah. Um, and you also have to factor in, you know, it's going to be warm in uh, in the swamp, which yeah. Utah may or may not love. Um, but I think at this stage in the game, Utah is really good. Florida's bringing a new coaching staff, you know, online here. Um, Utah, I would say, I mean, just the fact that the line has them at negative minus three, um, and I think it's been moving in Utah's favor pretty steadily in the last couple yeah. of weeks. Um, I, I'm with you. I think Utah's all going to win this game by at least a touchdown. Seventh in the country preseason. Good for them. Yeah, well, they got Cam Rising. I know this one. They've got the Cam Rising at quarterback. Great name. Um, yeah, that's a good name. Um, so I'm, I'm taking Utah. Okay, I love it. Um, next game, we've got uh, Colgate uh, transferring – or not transferring, excuse me uh, – playing Stanford uh, in a game without a line, which is great for us. Both Bay Area schools really helping out this week. Yeah. Big, uh, big bounce back season for David Shaw, who was three and eight last year, I believe. So they're uh, they're looking to get off the Schneid, and I believe Colgate will help them do that. Um, <laughs> they're going to win that game. I think so too. Tanner McKee, starting quarterback, supposedly the best 
uh, quarterback in the conference from a pro, uh, you know, like a draft perspective. I love it. Okay, uh, next up, Idaho and Washington State. This is this is a game here. Uh, talking, uh, we talked about how my wife's folks are big time Cougs, right? And I guess yeah. back in the day, right, Idaho used to have a lower drinking age. Uh, and so when you went to Washington State and you were a freshman and sophomore, uh, you'd uh, when you get done with class or whatever, you'd just mosey on across the border to Moscow. The eight miles, eight yeah. miles, right? Not not very far. Yeah, and you go uh, and you'd go legally drink in Idaho. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I bet that ruled. Uh, no line in this game, so we'll take the Cougs. And let's let's who's going to start for the Cougs at quarterback. Oh, it's the guy from Incarnate Word. Cameron Ward? Yes, sir. Hmm. Transfer from Incarnate Word, supposedly very familiar with the uh, offensive system the new coordinators bring into the table. Are they changing? Are they off whatever the roll of cat? Well, they're calling it now the Coug Raid or something. Okay, good. As long as they're still air raid, that's smart. Yeah, yeah. I think they're, I think they're still around. doing. We got, we got a thing going on. Let's do it. Yeah, they, I think they're sticking with that, and I think this guy's the sort of like one of the premier quarterback transfers in the country as it relates to running that particular uh, offense. So there's high expectations, question marks as always along the lines. I think WSU has like a decent, decent offensive line, decent defensive line as they usually do, but they don't have a lot of margin for error they get banged up or anything and it gets you know their depth chart as is typically the case does not withstand a, a lot of injuries so um i, I know some Coop fans who have some really high expectations going into this season but we'll see if they uh you know they gotta stay healthy for that okay so let's go uh so free free win for us right we take washington state in that game free win uh, uh next up oregon state and boise state uh little nightcapper on espn Chance Nolan, the starting quarterback for the Beavs, uh, who are favored by two and a half points at home against Boise State. Yeah, this, got a, uh, this is a super solid Wi-Fi from Xfinity. It's fast. So gaming with your niece has never felt more intense. Never felt more intense. Uh, the Beavs, yeah, I love the Beavs in this game. Yeah, I, I like the Beavs as well. They are playing in front of like a modified stadium this year because they knocked down their they're one of their state, like one of the sides of the stadium, and they're building it. They're renovating, so I think they're playing in like 20, 27,000 people's max capacity this year. That's um, probably about right, anyway. Yeah, I mean that's like basically a WSU game. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much of an impact that's going to have, but it might impact home field advantage a little bit. Boise State's got a new head coach, the former offensive coordinator at Oregon, I believe. Uh, Seen one picture, that guy did not like him. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're, they're now like whatever three coaches removed from Peterson, right? So it's yeah, you know, they got they had Harson come in, then he went to Auburn. Boise or he went to this, Auburn. Then they this had is supersonic Wi Fi from Xfinity. It's fast. So gaming with your is committed to playing. You gotta get you gotta get that sort of yeah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how good Boise State is this year. But I'm taking Oregon State. Taking your beeves. That leaves us with one game, and that is. The Golden Flashes of Kent State are traveling to Husky Stadium to take on Washington Huskies with new head coach Kalen DeBoer, new starting quarterback Michael Penix Jr. Uh, 
I've noticed that the local uh, media is trying to change the pronunciation on that to Penix. No, nope. I'm not. I'm not here for it. I know. <laughs> I know a Penix when I see one. I know a good Penix when yeah. I see a Penix. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> he starts playing like shit, then we'll consider yeah. ca- calling him Penix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going into this game expecting to see a full-on Penix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is not going to get old. He's he's only a junior. He's only a junior, man. It's not, it's not. He gets I'm, two years. <laughs> I'm 43 years old. I've, so it's as funny to me as it ever has been and will always yeah. be. Funnier, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited to see what we look like this year. I, a couple of things I'm looking forward to with Washington is that really, I mean, uh, to have probably our most exciting offensive scheme since uh, New Heisel started throwing in triple option. Uh, with Tui, honestly, you know, yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I'm interested to see is that, like, we had we were like one of those teams defensively for like the entire Peterson run, where it's basically like we're just gonna run what we run every year, and uh, that'll be enough. And it, you know, we were like leading the conference and scoring defense year after year, but that was kind of been withering away the last couple of seasons, like, people had started to figure out what to do against us yeah uh so you know we're gonna have a new defensive scheme new offensive scheme uh i'm as we talked about i think uh at least you know in private but i think on the podcast last year i'm very excited for kalen DeBoer because of his exceptional win-loss record as a head coach uh understanding that most of that is at naia i don't care their football games uh and he won them at an unreasonably good rate yeah i was i saw a stat um today or yesterday that basically i said something to the effect of like the teams that he's taken over their win-loss ratio is about one to three you know it's like 10 and 30 or something you know like um the year before he got there and the following season his first year as head coach it basically flips um and so you know, there's there's a there's reason to be optimistic if you're a UW fan, which we are. Um, and for for me, it's a couple of things. One, the roster was never as bad as the the record last year. I mean, and I don't think that's a controversial statement in any way. They, yeah. The roster is much better than the product that Jimmy Lake brought to Husky Stadium last year to play Montana and 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 moving forward. Um, and so a new coach coming in is not starting from scratch in terms yeah. of um, trying to cobble together, you know, transfers and a roster, you know, trying to trying to make it competitive. He's he's got a roster that's built, uh, you know, above average in the conference. Let's say I don't, you know, it's certainly not the best or probably top three, but it's it's above average. Um, and then you add to that DeBoer, who's got a very, you know, at this point pretty established record of improve, you know, improving teams very quickly when he gets there, whether it's as a coordinator or as a head coach. Um, and his offense is good. And that's what, what Washington has really struggled with. I mean, really since 2017, um, you know, the, the 2016 team with, with Browning that went to the playoff was an offensive juggernaut and they have not recaptured that since. Yeah. Um, Browning's last couple of years at UW, they they were never as good as they were in 2016. 
and then subsequent teams past that have not performed that well offensively. So you, you'd like to think that DeBoer with a really good, you know, wide receiver core, which they have, good tight ends, you know, a couple of options at quarterback. We'll see uh, how good how good Phoenix is and, is, and you know, between Morris and uh, Hewitt on the backups. But, you know, it, it, it seems set up to me for UW. UW's got a very favorable schedule this year. No USC, no Utah. Um, you know, they are at Oregon, I believe, and at WSU. But, you know, all things being equal, this is – it sets up pretty nicely for DeBoer to have a, a reasonably successful first year. And that's what I would expect. Agree with that. I agree with that 100%. So I'm excited to watch some football, man. I'm, it just really snuck up on me this year. I'm very fired up for it. I'm excited too. I um, it's you know. Are you going tonight. on Saturday? No, I'm going to be out of town. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would like to. If I was in town, I would go. I and fell I'm into go... some tickets for it. By the way, these are the uh, look at. They have the little thing that says how much it costs to get into each of these games on the scores page on ESPN. Cheapest seat in the conference this week at Husky Stadium. Six bucks. What Six bucks gets you in the door. Uh, yeah, very, but pretty humiliating. <laughs> That, that, was my, that my if you want to go see WSU in Idaho, I mean, that's, I guess there's some rivalry action there, you know? Yeah. I mean, the fan bases are so close together that they probably can actually sell those tickets. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> the one that really shocked me was Arizona and San Diego state, 77 bucks to get in the door there. In San Diego. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's going to be a good game. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe the Arizona fan base is excited that, I mean, going to the, going to the coast for a weekend or something. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind it at all. San Diego's a great place to visit. Uh, yeah, so fired up for that. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, no, this is, uh, like you said, truncated pod for, for middle of the day, but it is, I think, worth noting. It's our 14th consecutive year. I'm, again, willing to go on the record and state we have the longest-running pack 10-12 football podcast there is in existence. All right, that does for this week's Eligible Receivers. Uh, for Eric and Warren, thanks for listening, everybody. We will.